we have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. The first rule never to break is building up your fasting muscle. We want to look at fasting just like your bicep muscle. If you want to get some nice biceps, what do you do? You go to the gym, you start doing curls, you start doing pull-ups, you start doing exercise that's going to build up those bicep muscles. But you wouldn't just go ahead and do 2,000 curls on day one or do a CrossFit workout on day one. You would start and build your way up to build that muscle. We wanna look at fasting the same exact way. Fasting is a muscle we want to build up. When we think about fasting, it is a very powerful tool, just like a chainsaw is a very powerful, effective tool if you use it the right way. A chainsaw could get the job done or a chainsaw could hurt you if you don't know how to use that tool. Same thing with fasting. More important than the tool itself is the person who wields that tool. So if you're brand new to fasting, you wouldn't just go ahead and do a 24-hour, 48-hour fast. You would start with 12 hours and work your way up. So you could start with a 12-hour fast. How you would do that is 8 p.m. you're done eating, you break your fast at 8 a.m. the next morning. Then you build up. You push the breakfast from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. and eventually you could go on until you do a 16, 18 hour fast or even eventually longer fast. But you wanna build that muscle up. If you wanna have coffee, tea, fatty coffee during your fasting window to extend that fasting length, I'm all for that. But here's what you wanna do. You wanna test your blood glucose before you have your coffee or tea and then test it 30 minutes after. If you see your blood glucose rising five points or higher, that's a sign it's actually breaking your fast and you're losing some of the autophagy cellular repair benefits. This is different for everybody, but just make sure you're building up that fasting muscle the right way. The second intermittent fasting rule to never break is to stay hydrated and keep those electrolytes up. Look, here's what happens when you practice fasting. You get this process called diuresis. I also call it electrolyte dumping in my book, Keto Flex. When your body is eating a lot of food, like when you're not fasting, you're going to spike insulin. Insulin causes your body to store and retain water, excess water weight. That's why a lot of people who don't practice fasting feel bloated and look bloated. But when you practice fasting, now you keep insulin low, and then you have this diuresis process that occurs. The kidneys dump a lot of excess water weight, so you look lighter and feel lighter, but along with the water that's being released are very important electrolytes like sodium, magnesium, potassium. So during your fasting window, it is imperative to stay hydrated with quality water, add in some sea salt, and even better, a quality electrolyte. I use LMNT and Relight. I'll drop links for them down below along with coupon codes. But keep those electrolytes up because if you don't, you might get a headache, you might get hangry, you might feel awful during the fasting window and you could think that fasting doesn't work for your body but it's really an electrolyte deficiency. Here's a rule of thumb for you when it comes to staying hydrated. Drink when you're thirsty, 
make sure your urine is mostly clear and make sure you're urinating at least every two hours. Rule number three is to keep yourself busy and understand how hunger works in your body. One of the most common reasons why somebody cannot fast or they end up breaking a fast and not maximizing their benefits of a longer fasting window is feeling hungry. The most important thing for you to understand about hunger is that hunger is a hormone and all hormones pulse up and pulse down. That's right, they're all pulsatile. The hunger hormone is called ghrelin. I consider ghrelin a gremlin because nobody likes gremlins. They make noises. You want them to just leave the room. It's the same thing with hunger. You get those hunger pangs and you're like, oh dude, I just gotta go break my fast. So all hormones will pulse up and back down. This is so important to understand when you experience hunger during a fast because if you keep yourself busy and distracted, a few minutes later, the hunger hormone pulses back down, you ride that hunger wave, hunger goes away, and you continue your fasting window. So this could be going for a walk, getting some exercise, going on a sales call, distract yourself after 10, 15, 20 minutes, hunger will be gone. The fourth rule to never break is to fast when your sleep and stress are optimized and don't fast if you're not getting good sleep and if you're stressed out. When we think about stress, stress could be so beneficial to your body when it's acute. You apply a stress to your body, like fasting, the body needs to adapt and that adaptation creates a stronger, more resilient body. This is a process called hormesis. Perfect example for you is this, when you start exercising, you start to build muscle, burn fat, feel good, but if you do too much exercise and you're not recovering enough, all of a sudden the benefits go away and you actually end up hurting yourself. This is very similar with fasting. If your sleep is not optimized, and I mean seven to nine hours of quality sleep, or if you have a lot of mental, emotional stress, those are already causing so much stress in your stress bucket, and then you apply fasting, which is another stress, and it's gonna be too much for your body to handle. It's like me having a cup full of water to the top if I shake it, like apply a stress to that cup, the water will spill over. But if I optimize my stress and reduce the water in that glass by getting good sleep and mastering my stress, then I could shake it more and not have it spill over, meaning you could then apply more fasting and benefit from it without any spillage. So make sure you don't have a lot of stress going on in your life, and if you do, don't practice too much fasting until you get your sleep and stress under control. The fifth rule to never break when it comes to fasting, and by the way, I have a bonus coming up, but the fifth rule is to break your fast the right way and not the wrong way. The worst way to break a fast, and when I say fast, I mean intermittent fast, 16 to 48 hours. The worst way to break that fast is with a combination of carbohydrates and fat. The reason is because when you are breaking a fast, your hormones will be more sensitive, which is a great thing. We want more sensitive hormones. One of those hormones that's sensitive is insulin. So when you break the fast with carbohydrates and fat, the carbs will spike glucose in your bloodstream. Then your body will signal to the beta cells in your pancreas to get those insulin troops out and take the excess glucose out of the bloodstream and start delivering it to your cells. It unlocks the cell door and delivers the glucose into your cells to keep your glucose in your bloodstream optimal. This is awesome. But if you have fat with that meal, once that door is open to the cells and the glucose is going in, fat will go along for the ride and it could slow down your weight loss efforts and your overall 
benefits with fasting. So here are some examples of ways not to break your fast with. Avocado toast, you have carbs with the bread, you have fat with the avocado, not a good idea. Oatmeal and peanut butter. Again, carbs from the oatmeal, peanut butter has fat, not a good idea. Another bad way to break your fast is with cheese and crackers. You get the fat from the cheese, you get the crackers that are spiking glucose, not a good idea. So what is the best way to break a fast? With animal-based protein and a little bit of some fat. So here are some examples of the best meals to break a fast with. Green leafy vegetables with grass-fed beef. Terrific. Those green leafy vegetables, yeah, there's carbs in it, but it's not going to give you a big glucose spike. I also love breaking the fast with a whole avocado, drizzling some olive oil and some sea salt. Delicious. Another great option is a high-quality collagen protein shake that you drink with coconut milk or macadamia nut milk, mostly protein and some fat. Perfect. Those are the five rules to never break with fasting. I have one more and this is applying for the ladies out there who have a menstrual cycle. If you have a monthly cycle, you do not want to practice fasting the seven days leading up to your period. Here's why, and I wrote about this in chapter 12 of my book, Keto Flex. When you are about to have your monthly period, you have two hormones that are in decline, progesterone and estrogen. Now, progesterone is that hormone that tells you, hey, everything's going to be all right, feel good, feel relaxed, it keeps estrogen in check. When you fast that week, it depletes your estrogen and progesterone even more, leading to more cravings for carbohydrates, more cravings for sugar, and in a regular cycle, potentially it could lead to that. So what we wanna do is not practice more than 14 hours of daily fasting the seven days leading up to your period. Once you have your period, the bleed week, you could go back into your fasting mode. Those are the five rules plus the bonus rules to follow when it comes to fasting. I have a webinar coming up called The Art of Fasting where I'm gonna deep dive into really how to master this amazing tool called fasting. You can learn more about this webinar by heading to intermittentfastingmasterclass.com. We will also drop a link down below. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.